welcome to WWJT. Even though my voice scratched a bit there, we're just going to go with it. It's the end of the year, laid back episode. Me and Joel, we're going to walk through our top five tech stories of the year. We didn't talk about this beforehand, so he might have a different top five than mine. Joel, just brief update. You're you're alive. Your company is doing well. How's how's your new product that you're launching going? When when will it go public? Do you have like a date for when your pup your uh it's going to go public? Yeah, uh, I don't think we publicly announced a date, but it's uh, sometime next year, um, which will be great to eventually talk about and kind of share why I've basically been. You can show it off. It's a physical thing that's going to help physical stuff, but you can't talk about details. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And I think with the economic climate, there is also some tension, especially in the tech world of people getting laid off. So there's this, all this tension on, is the company going to do well? And at least, you know, in our last quarter earnings, we beat expectations and did well. So there's definitely a little bit of relief um, for everyone, at least at our company, to be like, hey, like, you know, we may not, we may not be up against the ropes like other companies just yet. And I did not have that in my top five stories, though it easily could have been is how many layoffs occurred in 2022. Um, yeah. There is, there has been a shift um, from the, hey, let's just spend money, growth at all costs, who cares, to kind of like, maybe not. And so obviously Twitter got the most notoriety for laying off their employees, but there's a lot of other ones. Okay, so I'm Andrew Noble. I uh, work at a church. I feel like we don't do introductions that often. We're, we're a podcast. I've reviewed all sorts of Christian tech podcasts, and there are a lot of good ones out there. I'd say that we are the most Canadian and amateur and we uniquely bring um, a reformed perspective, I think. And you're the techie, I'm not. And then I'm the Bible guy, but I'm not as sophisticated as a Bible guy as other people. And you're not as sophisticated as a tech person. So we're just two guys that are trying to figure it out. Um, so that's yeah, no, a little I bit of a better podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm Honestly, not, I, I, mean, <laughs> I doubt myself, don't I? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just natural tendencies to be overly critical of yourself but honestly like from the ones i've listened to i think we provide real tech content and re real deep theology um so we were not afraid to go into the meat um so to speak rather than kind of talking at a superficial level which there's definitely value in that all right i'll, I'll leave it there that's the the shout out for for WWJT, what would Jesus tech? Let's think about the top news stories of the year. My number one story. Are you ready for it? You got your number one story. Yep, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see, see if, if it's this the is same. on your list. My number one story is the Twitter takeover. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I think that's one. the number one from a context of you. You think of just how the world works now. You watch TV, and what do you do when you're watching TV? They quote Twitter. Like it's, it's, it's you can't true. even watch cable news without being it, it filtering through Twitter. It's the man on the street interviews, all the journalists. It's heavy, heavy with journalists in terms of the people on there. Um, mm -hmm. And just the Twitter takeover and all of the things that have come out of that. So not only do you see some of these Twitter files, um, you know, the reports right. of all the left-leaning approaches, the the manipulation, you could say, of the last election oh, totally. maybe was less yeah. so Russia manipulating the election in 2022 and maybe more so the FBI telling Twitter what they should and should not post. I won't go into the details of it, but 
basically as a as a public square, a public square. Twitter is not the public square. I think when people think of it as like the only public square, then it's, no, that's not true. There's lots of forms for it. But Twitter functions as a public square. It functions as a place for discourse in society, a place to work through ideas and to challenge those ideas. Um, unlike so many other platforms that are image-based, Twitter is text-based, making it more making it lean more towards argumentation and ideas, which are important in society. And Christians should care about those ideas and care about how to respond to them, how to filter our eyes so that we we don't mistrust them. So I think the Twitter takeover by Elon Musk, the very forceful, a lot of billions of dollars spent, is, there's just no con. I have no idea how much money that is in real terms, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. how to contextualize that into our not so billionaire hands um, but it's a big it's, one it's a big it's one a, i think i think it is i think it's definitely up there it, it wasn't even on my top five stories um but wow. i think you know hearing you talk about it, it it definitely is impactful to our society and to the world it's technology we've talked about you know multiple times on the podcast um and i think there's a little bit unknown about where it's going to go you know there's a lot of hidden stuff that was revealed which is great i think the transparency and everything is great but just the other day elon was on a twitter spaces conversations with um george hotz who growing up he was like a famous like um hacker he would like hack playstation and iphone actually and stuff like that the first one um but he's now like a white hat um so you know paid to actually do it professionally for security anyways sorry to digress they were on a conversation with a bunch of people and Elon Musk was saying like, hey, you know, it's like being in a plane that is headed straight down with the engines on fire because they're going to lose like $3 billion next year and they only have a billion in the bank. So it's like the company could end and it's like, hey, we're hoping to try and make it, you know, neutral by cutting off a lot of people, like laying off a lot of people and doing different changes. Yeah. It's It's crazy to think what would it be like if Twitter wasn't around next year? Right. Or like, would someone make a new one? Like what would happen? So. I do think that's, that's possible. I don't think that's likely because the thing about Twitter right now is that it is where so many people are. So you're going to get a higher degree of engagement. Twitter was one of the few places in the world where you can talk to a stranger and it not be awkward. Like it, it actually mm -hmm. facilitates mm -hmm. some of that. But yeah, Elon Musk, I was like, we were giving him a benefit of the doubt in our for on our podcast on Twitter. Um, but he has made many mistakes, including yeah. saying, oh, you can't link to other platforms. Like that was the most recent one that he announced or Twitter announced during the World Cup, obviously trying to mm -hmm. make it go under the radar. But yeah, they're saying you can't link to Instagram, you can't link to this, you can't link link to any competitor social media. And yet he says you what was not in that list notably was TikTok. You can link to your TikTok profile, probably because Elon Musk has interests from a business perspective in China. So he's Oh, I did not Elon, think that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like all this stuff. So, anyways, like I think there are some people who see Elon Musk as like Satan or the Antichrist or whatever, right, and right, others right. who see him as a savior. I'm like, he's neither of those things. He yeah. definitely personifies, if you think about biblical categories of leadership of prophet, priest, king, he is a kingly dude, but he needs more prophets to correct him. 
right? So he's like the King Solomon who knows how to build rich riches and all this kind of stuff, but he needs some prophets to speak into his life in order to direct him in the way of the Lord. And I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, I haven't looked into the stories. I'm skeptical about the part of him endorsing Chinese businesses because he has business in China. Well, I can see the connection. I do think maybe I view him more on the noble, trying to do noble things um, right. where I'm like, hey, like he values privacy and all those things too. So he knows TikTok would leak some of that or doesn't have the security protocols that other companies do. But that will be an interesting one to see how it plays out. And I think he'll, he might remove himself from the CEO role to take off some of the heat, right? So, yeah. I don't know if you're alluding to scripture there, but my, one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 32, eight, but the noble, the noble makes noble plans and by noble deeds, they stand. It's like straight from scripture. And it's speaking about leadership. It's speaking about the foolish leader and the wise leader for fools speak folly. Their hearts are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness. They spread error and misinformation. I added the misinformation part concerning the Lord, the hungry, they leave empty and from the thirsty, they withhold water. And I do, I do think that good leaders are not just money makers. They are ethical. And we've talked about this in the podcast too. Okay. That's my number one story. Your number one story, Joel. All right. Number one story is chat GPT. Yeah, for sure. Which I think uh, maybe we didn't have too much coverage on it on our podcast because it happened so recently, but just the implications of that are so foundational to where society is going to go. I know we've talked about AI and where it's headed and how big a deal is. And I think a lot of people had shrugged it off and been like, yeah, I know I've been hearing these kind of horror stories since the eighties when people first started talking about um, AI and movies and stuff like that. But it finally has gotten to a point where I think I saw, um, a news article the other day about a teacher ranting saying I had this student who is getting straight D's and then all of a sudden he submitted this take-home paper which is like so much better than anything he's ever produced I mm-hmm. submitted it to turn it in for plagiarism and there's zero percent plagiarism and mm-hmm. maybe the teacher doesn't know that he used chat GPT to write it and it was like written by AI and now you can't necessarily test kids on writing essays with access to that technology. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's just... And that's good. I think that's good. I think we need to lean less on the three-point essay as the fundamental version of if you can argue well. I think we need more audio-oriented exams. Like, that's how, um, you know, they would have done it in ancient days was... You, you have to speak and you have to defend it. Like when you do a master's thesis and you defend it, you defend it by speaking and answering questions and demonstrating your ability to think on your feet in relation to the concepts and integrating them. I think that demonstrates a truer knowledge than spending extra time um, writing a three-point essay. So I, I think there's other ways to get around the GP. But yeah, it's a huge impact, not no, I just think that's there. A good point. I think that's yeah. a really good point. I feel like I would even appreciate a society where my son is like has to debate more and that's yeah. how he's graded on his like um you know critiquing or critical analysis skills in english yeah so 
I, I've seen there's been a few different people like Andy Crouch. He's written a few different books on culture as well as technology. And he he said that he he's been using and playing around with uh, chat GPT like on a regular daily basis. And he he finds that he will give it prompts and that will tell him what he doesn't want to write. Like, yeah, like yeah. if the AI can come out of it, come can come out with it, it means that he's not, it's not new, it's not novel. Because by definition, the AI can only exp- uh, output what the inputs offer. And so it's just taking all of human knowledge up to the point, or not all of it, but a ton of it. So I, I thought that was an interesting take on it. It was my number two story, was, was AI gains. And, and I included the art side too, because... There's that piece as well as, you know, the ability to just input prompts for whether it's deep fakes um, or for, you know, there's, it was viral more over the summer and early in the fall um, was images. I forget the name of it, Dolly, you know, and so to be able to say, hey, create these images and, and fundamentally from a Christian perspective, we really need to think about stealing as one of the 10 commandments and to what degree is using an AI stealing and what degree of it is creative creativity, um, you know, being inspired by other things. So it's difficult. Give me a second. I got to turn off the baby monitor. (laughs) Is your, is your son going to be okay? Even though the baby monitor is now turned off, like should we be concerned? (laughs) Kelsey's around. Okay. Um, so that's no, my so, that's my number two story. It was your number one story. Well, I think okay. So there is one point I want to maybe even debate a little bit is the whole notion that it's not a novel thought or AI may not have novel thoughts. Because I think, and I was talking with a developer about this on the flight back from California last week. People, and, and we've talked about it on our AI episode. Like thinking in the neural net is like you have. Uh, electrons in your brain and then you have like a path that you've been going down many times and that's like an existing thought and a novel thought is just a deviation from that thought by one or two or three neurons so if you have random thought and then you had a random number generator you could bias the computer to say hey pick something that hasn't existed before or if I would actually take it into a more personable example, the impressionist, when they were doing painting, they started this whole new creative way of painting by doing like little dots and like making smaller strokes to create like this impressionist painting rather than the realism that was very popular before that. Hmm. While we view that as something creative, that is very much something an AI could come up with. So I think it's the whole definition of creativity, I think, will have to be a little bit more clear or defined um, because I do think AI can come up with novel or creative thought. It's not necessarily something that's been out there that it's reusing. It could be like just using the fundamentals of ABCs, right, to create a new or fundamentals of words to create a new sentence, right? It doesn't have to be like an existing sentence that someone else wrote. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And, you know, there's a degree to which 
what is an original thought? How can you really come up with anything original? We're yeah. all from birth just filled with mirror neurons in order to copy all this stuff. And that's what we do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting point. I've I've no I've no way of debating it. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'll concede <laughs> well, it. I mean, and that's exactly my point is like, and I, I keep already agreeing, but I just want to labor a little bit more. We as kids, as we grew up, we were taught certain things, and that's how we created our, you know, baseline. And the same thing happens with an AI. So I don't know. I'm, I'm it's my number one. I feel like it's super jarring and thought-provoking and going to be impactful for all of us in the next year. Do you think it's impactful now? Like it's, there's some AI prompting stuff like on LinkedIn or on Gmail, like there's, there's various and even some texting. Now I'm getting these prompts of autocomplete, you know, Mm -hmm. and not just one word, but sometimes full sentences. And yeah, it would kind of be nice if Google picked up on how I normally end emails of a certain tone. You know, there's there's something there. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest implication is there's going to be an explosion of co-pilot apps, I'm going to call them. So, you know, let's say you're flying a plane and then you have a co-pilot who's hmm. providing insights and directions and alternatives and stuff like that. Um, you can apply that concept to you know, a whole host of functions, writing an article, and you're going to ask this thing to, hey, like, can you give me some ideas? And then you you, you go back and forth with it as a co-pilot to accomplish that task. Or one um, idea that I was thinking of creating a long time ago, and now I'm like, oh, maybe this is a time for me to start another side side project. Sure, but it was a um, side project. I know, I know. It was um, an app that I would call like wingman or something where it helps you plan date nights and help you be more thoughtful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to you about this, the wingman app, (laughs) the wingman app, and it just, you know, being a better husband, being a better, better father, but now you can have this AI prompting you and being like, Hey, here's some things to do. And it's kind of like just a good friend. Um, so there's going to be a lot of explosion of those type of things. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think I'd rather just get some texts from you than an AI, but I understand what you're saying. There is a weird sort of individualism. I mean, this could, I won't, I'll be careful to go on too much of a tangent here, but the more that we introduce aids of technology rather than people, we do end up becoming more lonely. And we've seen this in society, like what happened to passing on a recipe from one generation to the next? It just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. We just Google it now. And then we get frustrated because the recipe, you got to scroll down the page for it and it sucks. But um, there's all these long stories. Like what is, I yeah, know yeah, why, no, no. because they want you to be on the page for a certain period of time and then they get yeah, traffic. It's it's everything. This is the problem with technology, right? You build it for a function, but then it gets, it gets built for the technology, not for the person. So anyways, so you got, you got the new new approaches to uh, to AI and the way that it's going to dominate and the way that we'll lean on it instead of leaning on each other and we'll think that we're more independent when we we were built to be dependent on one another. Yeah. We need one another. Every person listening to this podcast is not an isolated brain on a stick. They are an embodied soul that was created by God to live in community and they ought to get out of their house. And not just go through the self-checkout at a grocery store, but to interact with other human beings and to sit with them and talk with them and hug them and yeah, eat totally. with them. So 
yeah, let's introduce the tech, let's use it, but let's be aware of uh, how we were, how we were created to live. Okay, we're we got to be faster now. We're we're at we may, two. <laughs> we may two get down. to only top three, so you gotta really. No, we'll go through. Shit. We'll go through all of them quick. We'll we'll get through them. Okay, so AI gains, Twitter takeover. All right, the other what's one your that, third one? Or do you want me to do my, my third one? I'll do my third one. My third one is changes to Apple's tracking permissions. Oh, so something captured. Yeah, Facebook blames Apple after a historically bad quarter, saying iPhone privacy changes will cost it $10 billion, $10 billion. The, the context here is that Apple said privacy is super important to us. So you know what we're going to do? We're not going to allow your Facebook app when you have it on your phone to also know what you're doing on other apps. So let's say you're on Facebook and then all of a sudden you go off Facebook, you go on Amazon on your phone and you search for a certain book. Well, Facebook prior to this was using that data from your searches on Amazon to give you more personalized ads on Facebook. Well, Apple decided we're going to take away this feature, or at least we won't make it by default what users experience. Users have to give permission to Facebook and to every other app to track your data outside of the app. And when users are given the option people, they're not just users, people, when they're given the yeah, option yeah. of, huh, do I want this company that exists for the purpose of making money and is manipulating me psychologically in order to be addicted to this thing? Do I want to give it more data? Oh, you know what people choose? They choose no, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course they choose no. And so now Facebook is losing money. And uh, many businesses have noticed an impact of this as well. Um, and so I think it is a big deal. Um, kind of an under radar under the radar change in 2022 um that is that again is a sign of the times of uh uh more and more people steering away from social media or being concerned about the impact that social media has yeah i think it's even more compounded by the economic recession where advertisers are going to be spending less money and facebook makes money off of ads so no longer are their ads less accurate or, you know, maybe they're not as accurate as they used to be. They're also getting less advertisers. So they're, you know, it's almost a triple whammy because um, the third one, uh, and we'll come back to my number two, the third one on my um, list was Facebook's launch of the Metaverse, Metaverse. and the yeah. Oculus Quest Pro. And they had spent and bet so much of the company on this and the financial markets were saying, hey, you're spending all this money, but we don't see where you're going to make the money back. So we don't think this is a wise decision. So we're going to sell your stock because it's not going to be worth as much later on. So, mm -hmm. you know, this, you know, confluence of problems has really been hurting Facebook. Um and that it's been a surprising flip for what was such a, you know, top five tech company. And I think, you know, I do think VR and AR are going to be huge. I think metaverse is going to be huge. It might be called different things by other companies in the space. And to your point, Facebook needs to own the next platform so it can Survive. kind of monetize or, and survive. Like for example, right now, Apple is cutting them out. Google is cutting them out. They don't have a phone. They don't have like a, a browser. Mm. So what they 
and they publicly said it, it's, um, it's a life or death situation for them to own the next platform or else they'll never be able to achieve their true potential. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a definitely related to how Apple's affected them and how they bet the company, but it's probably just investing too much too soon. It's interesting. There's so many layers of tech in every device you use. So, you know, you think about Elon Musk spending all that money on Twitter. Well, what if Apple were to say to Twitter, you're no longer allowed on our phones because Mm -hmm. you're allowing too much whatever misinformation on Twitter, therefore you're not allowed on the phone. So there's all these layers and it, and that's why some people would say that we're not living in an, in an age of democracy. We're living in an age of technocratic rule where it's these technology companies who really are deciding the terms of society because they hold the permission. Um, And this is where governments get concerned. And that brings me to my number four, and we'll get back to your number two, but I got to, it fits in so well is bill C 11 in Canada. Um, We are a bit Canadian and I'm going, I'm going a bit abstract, but we, I mean, Americans should should learn from this experience that we're going through in Canada. The bill has not been passed yet, but it would basically update Canada's broadcast laws so that they cover streaming platforms, including Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. So YouTube has been loud and clear against this. YouTube is giving me prompts when I'm on YouTube to like speak to your MPs about this. Wow. Um, essentially, there's this government organization set up in Canada called the CRTC. What it does right now is it is it, is it says to radio stations, hey, are you playing enough Canadian content? Let's play some more Canadian content. And, and a lot of Canadians might not even realize this, but this is what we've allowed in Canada is, is ensuring that there is culturally created content for us, that we don't just only listen to American stuff. And that's why we might get more Drake than you might like because Drake's Canadian. So, Hey, we get more Drake. Right. Um, and, and this includes, you know, the powers to impose financial penalties against people and businesses who violate these terms, and it would give them power over the algorithm. So the YouTube algorithm of what, you know, videos you might like all of a sudden Canada through the CRTC could impose what videos. Well, you can think about the power that this means. Obviously, if the government's perfect and good, then okay, who cares? But it also means that the government could say, you know what, Jordan Peterson videos? Nope, he's very critical of our government right now. And he's part of a misinformation group. Or the National Post videos, because they're more right-wing leaning. Like if we give this power and the terms haven't been decided yet. So it's, you know, it's just like, well, the CRT gets to decide the terms. Well, wait a second. That means it's out of the realm of democracy and it's in the hands of this mm-hmm. bureaucracy. It's a pretty scary bill. Like I, it's, it's very scary. <laughs> yeah. In terms I mean, of my, democratic my initial, principles. my initial thought is that if that bill passed, we'd have more Canadian YouTubers being promoted, which means more WWJT videos. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for us all of a sudden when Christians in Canada are searching YouTube. They won't get the others. They'll get us. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great for us, Joel. That, no, no, <laughs> Joel. I don't think that's fair. No, no. I think you raise a really good point around censorship, right? I think like I can understand almost like you want to preserve Canadian culture and how it was passed for radios and broadcasting on TV, right? Because that's what they do have 
I think some jurisdictions. Yep, yep. They have like, control oh, over yeah. that too. Um, so this is kind of, they're trying to say, hey, we have these precedents, we should get into streaming. But I also agree that like, it's like China's uh, great firewall, right? You don't want your government censoring what media on the internet you have access to. Um, so it's it's very much going in the wrong direction if that is what is going to be captured on the bill. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a wild thought in Canada, but I'd be okay with uh, Canada banning porn sites or sites like that off the internet. Like, I'm actually okay with some level of regulation. Um, I would want it to be based on principles based around scripture, and that's where it ends up in a complicated situation. Okay, that's that's one of my, I'm, I'm all the way through four of mine. We haven't hit number <laughs> two for you. Okay, so the number two one, which, yeah, I think was, uh, it will be different, is nuclear fusion. And I'm not sure if you heard about this, but actually- I heard about it, but I don't understand it. <laughs> okay, okay. So <laughs> nuclear fission is when you have two atoms and you separate it, and that's like nuclear bombs, and it creates energy by separating that. But it also creates a lot of nuclear waste, and that's how nuclear reactors work. Nuclear fusion is actually when two atoms come together. And this is actually how our sun works um it is a source of all the energy in our solar system um it like you know whether it's convection or radiation or um how how have it growing plants like that's a source of energy so what nuclear fusion has been a big project i don't even know 40 50 years or something it's been funded by the government is like how can we basically create a mini sun like the energy of the sun and if we could do that and if we could harness this perpetual energy, it actually means that energy essentially is free. You never actually, there's no need to like mine oil or anything. It's just like perpetually creating energy. So I think it was just last week, they achieved something called um, fusion ignition, which means they put two megawatts in and they got 2.5 megawatts out. So theoretically, they actually created energy. But the caveat is it took, you know, 300 megawatts to power the system. to <laughs> Right, that. the machine. The machine. But, you know, if you keep investing in this, you could get to a point where the energy generated covers the energy to make it because one is one can be exponential and the other one could be statically linear. Um, so let's say it's always 300 megawatts. Now you could put 300 megawatts in and make 350 and then you have right. 50 net new, right? Um, and, you know, who knows how long it'll take to do that, but the power to generate a star and create a star is really cool. So um, the big headline was uh, the National Ignition Facility in the US. There's a couple different ones around the world that try different ways to do this. But the one in California, they actually take 100 plus 100 lasers and they shoot it in this vacuum chamber at these atoms to create this really hot temperature where fusion happens. And they did it for literally just like fractions of a second. So, you know, we're not anywhere close there, but when you start thinking about what are the implications of not having to fight for energy or to have like perpetual energy, that could also radically change our society in the next 10, 20 years. And if you think about, you know, the internet when it was first came out in 1995 to where it is today i guess you know more than 20 25 almost years ago right um 
another 20 years, could we get to um, nuclear fusion at scale? That would be pretty interesting for our children. I mean, I, I followed everything you said. My two initial thoughts are one, in the beginning of 2023, let there be light. And <laughs> there was light, there was a new sun. Um, humans created the sun. So so uh, uh, just a funny aside, um, I'm just imagining that. But the other thing I'm thinking is that this this feels like one of those discoveries that is cool. I, like I, I read a little bit about it, a couple of headlines, you know, okay, this seems to be a big deal, but it's one of those like Jetson sci-fi mm-hmm. Futurama. Like it's one of those things you're like, yeah, I guess this could one day develop, but let's see if that really happens. You know, 10 years ago, everyone thought that Amazon would be delivering parcels through drones, but then you end up realizing there's so many complications. So I just, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what complications is are they going to get through are they not but it's cool i mean creating energy seems like a good thing to do um seems like a lot of company countries you know would would hugely benefit from (laughs) these types of energies i just watched a video on libya (laughs) the other day libya found oil like you know 70 80 years ago and like huge deal all of a sudden this country that had no oil but then they also 30 years ago found water like that they had water underneath because it to desalinate is super expensive. That's what Israel does. So right. like, they need to find a way to turn the water from the Mediterranean Sea. And it's just super expensive. They have oil, but they don't have water. Are they going to ship it from other countries? And it's like, no, they actually found some underneath uh, underneath the ground. And they got to like build these pipes. Anyway, it's super interesting for me, uh, a nerd, uh, apparently. But like, so these yeah. things are like energy is such a huge deal. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I think. To your, to your point earlier on the platform, it's like Twitter runs on your phone, which is powered by energy, right? right? They're all like technology Batteries uh, all layers that. in this cake and like changing fundamentally any one of those layers can have like massive implications on all the layers above it. So my list, Twitter takeover, number one for me, then AI gains, then Apple's tracking permissions, number three, then Bill C11, number four. You had number one AI gains like for not Dolly, but chat yeah. GPT. What what was your number two? Your number two is this nuclear, nuclear fusion. fusion. Number three was metaverse and where that's yeah. been. And my number four and five are they're all kind of nothing burgers. You could call them. One is like crypto, you know, robotics and IoT, where there hasn't been too much significance in in what happened this last year um at least to the scale of the other ones but mm-hmm. i wouldn't count these technologies out i think you know crypto is still a technology of that's going to be uh impactful in the future it's gone through a crypto winter before where people are like yeah this is get this thing away from me it's useless and then it's going to be super hot again when new things come out of it and i think it's kind of it's just in some ways like a recession there's a lot of hopium and snake oil and all these things <laughs> that are sold Hopium. prior to the recession. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, whoa, 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 well, I can't just spend willy nilly. I can be really critical about what I spend on. And all of these non material or realistic things die. It's like separating, you know, the wheat from chaff. And then what comes out is like, this is actually a useful 
utility. This actually does something. And then as funding comes back, as the tides change, money is now invested in the right places rather than invested in kind of these like, you know, what wastes of, of money. And that happens with our companies too. You know, they get leaner, they adopt all this technology. And when money comes back, they're like, hey, we're more efficient than we were before. So we actually can do more. Um, so it's this interesting, you know, tide coming in and tide coming out that we have with our, our economic cycles. Yeah, I had an honorable mention is is crypto being such a, you know, you wouldn't have predicted that a few years ago. Maybe you'd say like crypto is going to continue to grow. Some of this is like the Sam Bankman story of mm -hmm. like FTX, the fallout of yeah. that, you know, like that. Basically, you just have corruption within some of these organizations that are taking advantage of the lack of knowledge that exists in the crypto market and yeah. they take advantage of the lack of knowledge and then they're using very sophisticated tools in order to you know manipulate and take advantage of people and that sort of thing so yeah it's 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 a worrying trend um and it'll be interesting where it goes and if there can be some level like you're not going to get a government endorsed <laughs> Um, cryptocurrency like the whole point of crypto is that it's it's free from government regulation right so mm -hmm, we'll see mm -hmm. where it goes okay so so those were your five or six i think you because you gave like the nothing <laughs> yeah, burger trio yeah yeah none of them are too too big but i still think you know predictions for 2023 these are still going to be you know big things that happen next year uh, that we'll be talking about, that we'll be debating on like, oh my gosh, what does this mean for the Christian community? How can we use this in a godly way? Um, and what's the right way to uh, converse about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a couple honorable mentions. That was one of them. You know, I had in-person work that being mm -hmm. a lot of companies struggling with, wait, do we go online? No, we're making people come back in person. And after the pandemic, this was the year of a lot of companies saying we're going back in person because it's worth it or companies my former company has gone completely online so it's just interesting to see that as a as a trend um also i think there's just a rise of distraction i i personally i've thought and reflected a lot about distraction and you know attention and how do we maintain it and just a realization of that but there's no specific news story with that it's just kind of a an ongoing reality same with loneliness loneliness increases as we kind of discussed earlier but my mm. fifth story is this authorized hacking okay okay government authorized hacking so you have you know the most recent in december right now like a uh, just a week ago so there's been talk that canada is going to you know remove the freeze the bank accounts of certain individuals who are directly connected to russia and you also had earlier this year you know in the hundreds of individuals have their bank accounts frozen in connection to the emergency act the protests that were happening in ottawa you know and it's it's kind of a crazy thing to think because it feels like, wait, 2022, you're still talking about the pandemic? Well, yeah, in Canada, at the beginning of this year, there was still lockdowns going on and there was regulation at the beginning of this year. Truckers were told you got to get vaccinated and truckers are like, we sit in a vehicle all day. This is our most political episode, by the way. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's quite something for a government to say, 
hey, you are you donated through this or this private company to give money to this protest. We are locking your bank account since you are now connected to it. Isn't that wild? Like, yeah, no, I that's think a it's huge like, story. It is. I'm surprised <laughs> that's your honorable mention or even no, no, no. That's number like, five. That's number five. Okay. I think it's a yeah, huge yeah. story it's, that Canada is is yeah, active like, in freezing bank accounts through technology, right? It's this dystopian future that you hear about, like people in China, like their monitor, their social accounts are monitored. They get like, you know, hey, you're being a good citizen. We're gonna, you know, uplift that. You're a bad citizen. Oh, you can't buy stuff anymore. And like the government, it's Big Brother, right? And it's for such a quote unquote liberal country we live in. It's it is shocking to be like, hmm, I really don't know what's what's going on. And I do think like, yeah, like decentralization like with cryptocurrency is like hey if you have it in crypto they can't access it because it's not in canadian jurisdiction right like Mm -hmm. if you're not keeping it in like a canadian exchange you keep it on a decentralized exchange yeah back to crypto i mean we still gotta have some functioning democracies or some functioning theocracies who knows christian nationalism is there anything there no okay um (laughs) i'm not a christian nationalist uh brad littlejohn he's written well on that maybe you should pick up protestant social teaching read the first few chapters there there's some good stuff there or read jonathan lehman and read his views on democracy and that church and state relationship those are two good approaches that are not christian nationalism there's your there's your resources for understanding church and state um but yeah, we got to wrap up this episode because I got to go. Uh, I got to pick yeah, up my yeah, kids from school. I mean, it's um, been good. It's been good reflecting on the year with you. Um, honestly, I'm really excited for 2023. I don't know. I'm the continual optimist, um, but I think things are going to get better um, and Christians are going to become wiser and we'll, we'll wrestle more with theology and technology and come to a good path forward. And I'm just scared because I see all the bad things with technology. I think it's going to get worse. Like one thing we didn't even talk about is euthanasia and medically assisted dying and the rise of that in Canada. That's another tech thing. Anyways, it's uh, it's it's wild times we live in. But you're right. We fundamentally have a hope that is not of this world. Mm-hmm. We have a hope that is eternal. We are not our own, but belong both body and soul to Christ and to our God. So. With that, we invite you, all of our listeners, to use tech. Use it well. Use it to glorify God, but make sure you find your rest. Find it over these holiday breaks. Maybe you're listening to this on a drive to going to some family get-together or something like that. Eat well. Treat your body right. You're, you're, you're a steward of uh, God as a temple. And uh, and yeah, now I'm, uh, uh, now I'm ranting. Ranting? <laughs> rambling? There's a, there's a good thought there. Cap, cap the podcast here. Take care, guys. That's good. All right, see y'all. Bye.